Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today, we're going to find out how science can make you better at sports. What, really? Science can make us run faster, jump higher, be stronger, or in my case, run fast, jump high, be strong? Yes, we're going to meet a basketball player who lost a big game, which turned into a big discovery about science. Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout out like these people or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. So today we have a story about a big aha moment. Ooh, I love aha moments. Like the light bulb goes off in your head and you're like, that's where I put the pen. (laughs) Yeah, this is a little bit bigger than that. (laughs) But finding a pen is really awesome. I do love that. Usually we tell stories about science discoveries that contribute to what we know about the world and the universe. But this is a kind of story about personal scientific discovery. The moment that changed one person's view of science and his life forever. My name is John Drazen. Uh, at this point, I'm 6'7". John is almost as tall as LeBron James. So it's not surprising that growing up, John was really into basketball. But he wasn't so into science. I really didn't like math or science when I was growing up. John was a good student, but for a long time, he thought that science was about memorizing facts. So I didn't find that compelling at all. But that all changed when he realized that science can be used for something that he did find compelling, sports. It wasn't until my senior year of high school where I had a uh, physics teacher who was a former Division I swimmer, and he started talking to me about applications of science within sports. Oh, so this is like an inspirational teacher story. I love those. (laughs) I know you do. So 
Physics is the study of matter and how it moves and behaves through space and time. Matter being pretty much everything that exists in the universe, or at least everything that you can see. And of course, that includes us moving our bodies through time and space to do sports. So let's go back in time to one of John's high school basketball games. There's seconds left on the clock. The score is close, with John's team just a few points ahead. They need to hang on to their lead, and the tension is high. The final point comes down to John. All that I'd do to win the game was secure a rebound at the free throw line. John had to stop the other team from getting another basket, which would give them the win. And I tried to get the rebound, and I was standing straight up. The other team just pushed me out of the way, got the rebound, scored, and they won. The final buzzer sounded. The other team celebrated their victory. John was devastated. He felt like he had lost his team the game. So my teammates were upset with me. I was upset with myself. So I'm hot, I'm sweaty. I get yelled at by the coach, and I walk over the sideline and say hi to my parents, and then my physics teacher shows up. John wasn't expecting to see his physics teacher, and he wasn't excited to talk to him either. And I'm like, hey. He goes, hey, John. Sucks you lost. I'm like, I know. He goes, I know. I know why that happened. I go, why? And he goes, you weren't paying attention in class. And I was like, forget you. What are you talking about? And he's like, you weren't paying attention in class because if you were paying attention in class, you would have gotten it. And I'm like, I I can't deal with this right now. Uh, The textbook teachable moment, the moment every teacher waits for. Hanging out at every student's sport event every night, just waiting for that combination of failure caused by lack of understanding of physics. (laughs) This next moment made it all worthwhile. He said, stay after school tomorrow. So I stayed after school the next day. And he actually explained to me how um, mechanical advantage works in sports. John's physics teacher explained that to use mechanical advantage, John should have gotten low and done something called box out. And he explained to me that by boxing out, I'm getting low, and I'm increasing my mechanical advantage against the person that I'm pushing against. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, that's why I need to box out. Okay, so that was like a definite mix of both physics jargon and basketball jargon. And I don't understand any of it. (laughs) What does that mean? Let's start with the basketball jargon, or technical words, so we can actually understand what was going on in the game. Okay, so pretty much what you're trying to do is that in basketball, if you push somebody with your arms, that's a foul. But you can do whatever you want with your butt. So what you want to do is you want to get low to the ground, and then you push your butt into someone else, and then you sit there and push them away from the basket so you can secure the ball. So boxing out is like getting low and trying to push the other team's players away with your butt so you can have space to get the ball. Right. But John thought because he was so tall, he didn't have to get low. I was the tallest person on the court, so shouldn't I be up high trying to get the rebound? That makes sense. The ball's up high, so you should be up high too. Right, but when he stayed high in the game, he got pushed out of the way by the shorter guys. If he'd understood mechanical advantage, he wouldn't have done that. Okay, so you have this other word that you haven't explained yet. What's mechanical advantage? Yes, mechanical advantage. It's a measure of force, or the amount of energy put into moving something. If you're trying to rotate an object about a specific axis, the farther out you apply the force, that increases how much torque you can apply to it. 
Torque is how we measure the force of moving something around a center point. The kind of motion that you use when you're trying to open a jar or spin a lever. So mechanical advantage is about the force it takes to move something around. Exactly. And here's how it applies to John's game. If I'm trying to push someone away from the hoop using my back so that I can secure a rebound and have an advantageous position, the lower that I get, the harder I am to move. Oh, now I get it. So when he was standing at his full height, it was relatively easy for the other players to move him around. But when he's down low, the other players need to use more force to move him. Had John boxed out and been down low, he would have had the mechanical advantage. Those shorter guys who pushed him out of the way to get the game-winning rebound would have had a lot harder time doing so. And it works the opposite way too. Mechanical advantage would have let John move those guys using less force or energy. So I'm increasing the amount of torque I can generate relative to the other player, so it's gonna be more difficult for them to move me and easier for me to move them. So he has more of an advantage when he's low, even though he thought his advantage was being high. Mechanical advantage is the equation which explains why that's true. And that was when the light bulb went off in John's head. So the thing that was really transformative for me about that is that science gave me an answer to a problem that I cared about. John and his physics teacher mapped out that moment where John lost the game. On the whiteboard, I was able to pick up a marker and do calculations. So basically, John was the physics problem. I had to sit there and like figure out like what the distance was between my feet and my center of mass, and then also how high my center of mass was, use a few angles. This was a problem he'd done in class before. He just never thought about how he could see it in his own life. And that changed everything. It was a tangible way for me to apply math and science to my life in something that I really wanted to be good at. And it was amazing. Finally, John could see that science wasn't just memorizing facts. It could make him a better, smarter player. All of a sudden, I felt like there was a door that was opened where kind of I was just like, this is why I learned all this calculus. This is why I learned all this geometry. I can use it to model the world around us. And physics like the root of almost everything that we know. John went to college to play basketball and also to study physics. So did physics make him a basketball star? Not exactly. Looking back, John thinks it's clear that being in the NBA was not his destiny. I wasn't like a world beater in basketball. But if I knew what I know now and I could transport back in time, I would be infinitely better. So this is not a story about a professional basketball player or a time traveler. It's about a sports scientist who loves basketball and wants to use what he's learned to turn kids onto science and maybe improve their jump shot in the process. That's why John runs a sports science program near his hometown. So all of my work that I do with STEM education is pretty much dedicated to getting this information into the hands of young basketball players so they can actually use it to fix their games. So how can we fix our games with science? I mean, assuming we have a game to fix. The number one thing I would say is think like a scientist. So what scientists do is they ask and answer questions, and the way they answer the questions is that they collect data. So it doesn't just have to be basketball, it can really be anything. Like really anything? Swimming, badminton, cricket, high LI? 
everything can be improved through understanding inputs and outputs, what you did and how that caused you to change. John's advice is to keep a journal of your activity, focusing on the areas you're trying to improve. And then that's going to make it so that you can change what you're doing as needed based on the results. Because if you don't know how you're improving, you're never going to improve. That's really cool. So you can really start to understand if what you're practicing is actually helping. Yeah. You can ask questions and get real concrete answers. So we're not just talking about understanding physics here. It's about thinking like a scientist. Science is a way of knowing. Science is a way of exploring. I love basketball. I love the NBA, the National Basketball Association. I love playing basketball. I love talking basketball. And science gives me a lens to better understand what I love. Man, he really is not kidding about loving basketball. No, he is not. He loves it. (laughs) But thinking like a scientist can also improve things for you, even if you're not obsessed with a sport. The thing that's very cool is that you can use this for really anything. You can use it for cooking. You can use it for ballet. You can use it for video games. You can use it for crocheting. It's just a process of understanding the world around you and the world by definition, contains everything, including the things that you love to do. Today, John continues to study the body and how it moves in a field called biomechanical engineering. It turns out losing that basketball game might have been the best thing that ever happened to him. It set him up for this big discovery, these words which have guided his life ever since. Science is not a series of facts. Science is a way to study things around you. It's not just a way to find answers. It's a way to find answers that you trust. So what is it that you love doing? It could be a sport or any kind of activity or hobby that you want to get better at. Read books, watch videos, and or get tips from people you know, like coaches, about how to improve. Then get a journal and start keeping track of your performance. Do your practice techniques actually help you? What kinds of other questions can you ask about your training? Get curious and start thinking like a scientist. Thanks to John Drazen, postdoctoral fellow at the University of Pennsylvania and STEM director for Fourth Family Incorporated. You can learn more about science and sports and John's work on our website, sciencepodcastforkids.com. We have a bonus interview episode with John where he shares how he used physics to learn how to dunk. You can listen to this and all of our other scientist interview episodes if you pledge just a dollar a month on Patreon at patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. Sarah Lentz is our head of partnerships. I'm Lindy Patterson, and I wrote and produced this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I make all the music. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more stories of science discovery. Give me a C!